straight up the price of admission growth stories life lessons turning points service to others truth no bullshit adding value no smoke and mirrors being the pressure third down and ten fighting below the surface win or learn always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder these are the things that i think about when i talk to this group they're still kindling that fire taken to the fleet and beyond living the values today through faith with the family and at the job obsessed with ownership and accountability winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity pedal to the metal paying the price of admission let's go What's up, dude? Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly fine. Can you hear me? I can. Hey, it's, it's good to see you, brother. Great to see you, too. What's going on in the background? Oh, it's like man. a party. Chaos. It is chaos is what it is, man. It is. Uh, we're up in Monterey right now. Uh, my Cassie's aunt and uncle uh, live up here, so kind of a weird dynamic. Her grandparents had their third daughter pretty late in life, and... Uh, they're basically sisters. They grew up there only about a year apart. So they, uh, really close and they, and they go to MPS. So I, Cindy and Jake, they go to MPS. They were class of 12 from the Academy. Of course, Cassie's what, class of 11. What's MPS? MPS is a Naval postgraduate school. Gotcha. So it's a, um, it's a, uh, how should I put it? I'd say it's a scam against the military because it's in beautiful Monterey, California. <laughs> And uh, you wear, yeah, you wear a uniform once a week and you basically get your master's degree. You knock out your joint professional military education for about two years and then they send you back off to the fleet. So basically it's two years of not being in the military. Did you do that? I did not. Um, I ended up doing, uh, you know what, man? Cause I'm, I'm dumb man. that's why you know, I ain't smart <laughs> enough to do that stuff, man. Um, they had one program that was available to me. I ended up doing, uh, I did I did distance learning through MPS and I, when I was at the academy for shore duty, so um, I was out there. I did uh, human systems integration and I ended up not finishing it because I ran out of time because I started department head school a little bit early, so I didn't get a chance to finish it. But those credits still count, so I just gotta finish it at some point, man. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, the, the crazy house turned into MPS, which turned into a little bit of your story. So we're on the right track. But uh, yeah, man. are you ready for the the OSE intro? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> so I called you uh, OSA. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you did. You Kurt, and everybody else. <laughs> Curtis Bass called you Prince OSA. Yes. What's the story there? Why, why is uh, our 2009 offensive captain called Prince Osa. Uh, all right. So I think let's, let's start with the, uh, Osa part first. Um, I mean, you, you know, this, you, you, everybody knows my name's Osa and you know, from the beginning, a lot of people couldn't say my name correctly. Um, you know, you'd be OC, Osi, you know, things like that. And I just kind of let it roll. But, uh, camp or our plebe year, uh, I'm in the shoots and uh, old Todd Spencer, going back to Todd Spencer, I've heard yes. Austin's story. I've heard, I've heard Jeff's story. Um, I'm in the shoots, and he's like, "All right, you ready? All right, let's 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 go, Asa, Osa. <laughs> hey, isn't it?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, coach, it's Osa." And he's like, "All right, 
<laughs> All right, whatever. Here we go. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and of course, I fire off in the heavy bag, and I'm and I'm jogging back, just chuckling. And of course, you know, Curtis, Austin, they hear it, and they're like, "Asa, that's your name, isn't it?" I'm like, and you know, you know those guys, man. We just we had a ball with it. Um, I think since you know my last name is Asa, it's you know that's Asa, and then you know first name's Osa, you know Osa, just kind of tied in all together. So. And uh, Osa, Asa, that part, and then the Prince story is uh, yes. pretty, pretty funny as well. That started, oh man, I want to say '08 summer. Um, me, Austin, I think Blake Carter might have been in there. Curtis was in there. Uh, we had Major Gibling, Air Force guy, uh, as our as our instructor. Great, great instructor. Really down to earth. Really cool. And uh, we're you know, this is Western civilization as a, as a class. And we're looking in, you know, the, the textbook at the time. And that was a great class, by the way. It was, I think you were in there with us, right? I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Jeff, Jordo, Matt, like there was a ton, it was a ton of football players. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of us in there. And, um, and I remember like flipping through some pages and in this book and I flipped to a page on Africa. And of course, a lot of people know my background. My dad's from Ghana, um, but I never let this other portion of my my history come out. And I'm flipping, and I go to the coast of Africa where Ghana is, and you know, and I'm looking. I see my last name, and I point to Austin, and I was like, "Hey, Aus, look at this!" Like, you know, Major Giblin's doing his thing. He's teaching, and I point, you know, Asante to Austin. He's just like, he drops everything. He's like, "Hold up, hey, sir." Like we got, I, I need to make an announcement. Uh, Osei's got his own like country over here, and he's like, and I'm like, Austin, come on, man, like you're killing me, dude. And uh, everybody's so like, hey, everybody, humble about it, but come on, man, you know, like I was, I just, you know, I was just being me, man. I, I'm, I'm low key, and you know, Austin's like, hey, everybody, go to page, whatever the page is, and everybody's just like, yo, Osei's got his own country. And, of course, coming to America with Prince Hakeem. My gonna, son works. So, so that was going to be another, like, intro bullet point for me with Sander Gossard and him saying coming to America? Yes. So, of course, that trickles down to, to Sander Gossard, our <laughs> resident mechanic, uh, class of 09, prior enlisted, just grimy Jersey bastard, like, Love Sander to death. Um, he gets a hold of the story too, and I think he immediately went to you know coming to America. Between him and Anthony Gaskins, um, it kind of floated in that '09. Like the guys that were ahead of us time frame, and they were just like, "Oh, say you're you're the prince." And I'm like, oh, "Come on, man!" But yeah, you, you I mean, know, that, that, like that prince carried on with you, like. Every single year after that, it did, it, it did, man. I I, I kind I let it ride, it, it, you know, because I'm not one to, you know, to to let somebody know like, hey, you're wrong, or to let them know like, you know, hey, don't do that because you know, part of me enjoyed it because you know, I I wanted to be accepted and then I, I wanted to be loved by you guys, and the other part was everybody was getting a you know a, a good rile out of it like everybody loved it and I, you know i kind of made it my thing and i was just like you know what you know i'll let it run so i, I did and that's how i became prince Osa, man <laughs> how did uh how did your mom miss faith feel about that what was uh, so so faith loved it um 
and she, you know, she kind of had an inkling because when she met my dad um, back in the early 80s, she, you know, she, she knew his background. My dad, you know, um, born in Ghana, uh, came here in the late 70s, had me late 80s. And, uh, um, you know, just raised me to be a, pre, a, a humble dude. And he never really told me about my background unless I asked about it because he was a pretty humble dude himself. His great, his grandfather. So my great grandfather was the king uh, of the Ashanti kingdom. And yes, tell us more about yeah. that. I want to more, I want to know more about that. Cause I don't know enough about that. Yeah. So the, the Ashanti tribe in Ghana was uh, one of the last kingdoms to be um, colonized by the British. And my great, grandfather slash great grandmother were the last of the Ashanti tribe to kind of stamp pat against the British. Um, ultimately my great, great grandmother, excuse me, great, great grandmother was exiled to Britain, uh, just so they can take control of the British colony. Uh, the British could take control of the Ashanti tribe. And of course, Ghana itself, um, which is a crazy, like crazy to think of. But when I look at my history and I've talked to my dad about it, he's just like, yes. And like, you actually do come from a line of royalty. But I'm like, well, shit, if I went back, could I like be the king? If once you pass, he's like, nah, son, you were born in America. You don't get that right. And I was like, damn, but pretty cool story. <laughs> very, um, very cool story, by the way. Yeah. And, and you, but my, that's, and so, and, so the way that you just, uh, uh pronounced your name, was mm -hmm. different from how I would pronounce your name. You said Ashanti. So, Ashanti, yeah. So that's spelled, you know, um, with a T-I. Mine is T-E. But my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother's last name was Asantua. So A-S-A-N-T-E-W-A-A, -A, which is the feminine version. So for me, in the Got male it. version, you take off the W-A-A, -A, make it masculine, Asante. So that's where well, my name. I, I do understand Spanish, so I think I can relate that what you're just Go. saying. Go, exactly. <laughs> I was just about to say it's just like the Spanish, the Spanish, uh, Spanish language, man. Same thing. Cool, dude. That that's that's uh, that's very unique, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is, I, and I never wanted to, you know, I, I never, you know, asked my dad growing up. He just wanted. My dad was always the type of dude like, hey, if you want to know, just ask. Like he was never, you know, yeah. kind of blow my head up or anything like that because he, you know, he taught me humility, man. Humility takes you a long way. Yeah. Don't be quiet about that, though. Humility takes you like a little bit of the ways. The rest of the way, yeah. you got to like not be so humble on it. Like, Yeah. True. Okay. True. Uh, and, 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 and you're not something I'm learning about, man. But, and, you know, I want to I want to continue that quiet confidence. True. Now, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time. I've always kind of approached humility the same way. And um, at some point you gotta like stop being so dang humble. Yeah. Because if you're humble all the time about everything, you never get your true self, your true mm. word, your true mission out there. So yes. don't let it hang you up. It's not overconfidence, it's not cocky. It's just yes. straight confidence. So Man, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. You put that. You put that in a way I've never heard it before. You know, and I appreciate well, that, man. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't have it right, but that's just how I feel. So, um, Houston native, right? That's it, man. H Town. H -Town.
Oh, stole my words. Uh, 2009 <laughs> offensive team captain. Um, you were, if you look up Osei's um, position in the book, it would say OG. What does that stand for? Uh, other than original gangster, it is the offensive guard. Um, I, I I played a lot, man. I remember going in the naps. I was the center. And then when I got to, when we got to the academy, they put me at left guard and I actually stayed there and I dabbled at tackle a little bit uh, when we had some injuries, but uh, I played left guard the, uh, the entire time and then rotated at center a little bit, but uh, OG is offensive guard and, you know, you kind of be, you gotta be diverse and be able to play left and right. So I think that's just leave it at uh, at OG and and center too. You hit center at one point. I did. Uh, so center was um, spring after Johnson left. So Nehemiah's first spring camp. Gotcha. You know, uh, <clears throat> so I do this thing right before these podcasts, and I reach out to a few folks and I say, "Hey, what do you remember about this person? We're about to talk about." Yeah. Uh, so obviously I went to Nishak and I said, <clears throat> what do you remember about Osei? He said, uh, y'all had a collision early at naps where, <laughs> you know, you were a pulling tackle or a pulling guard at the time. And, uh, it was kind of like Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore type of, type of impacts. <laughs> and he saw stars. You remember that? Collision? Uh, uh, yeah. And that might be my first documented concussion because I don't. Um, but I do was it remember, documented or undocumented? Oh, no, undocumented, definitely True. undocumented, man. Um, I remember Matt telling me that story. He's like, "Bro, you remember the first time we ever collided on the field?" And I'm just like, I'm "Like, what are you talking about, Matt?" I'm like, no, I no, don't. I don't. And he's like, "Dude, you pulled on a play, and I just remember seeing stars, and then continuing about the play." And I was just like, "Man, I don't remember that at all." Um, but that just goes to show you, like you said, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Like. That was when it got real for me, even though I don't remember it. But when Matt tells me about the story and the collision that we had, um, I'm like, yo, like this is this is the real deal. Yeah. And then a day after I asked him about that, out of nowhere, he said, um, I still remember the the sound of that hit out of nowhere. Like he was thinking wow. about it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's a, yeah, man. That's crazy because I honestly I remember I I remember quite a bit from Naps, but that that's the one thing that I don't remember, man. Yeah, well, rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, from Ram, how aggravating was uh, Rams' uh, tummy rub every day? I don't know what that means, but I'm hoping oh, we can man. shed some light so, there. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if you remember, but Ram was, I think he was recruited as a quarterback yep. uh, out of San Antonio. And uh, before practice every day, they, they had me at center. And about luck. Yeah, I know, right? And the uh, <clears throat> the first the first person I ever took snaps with at center was Ram Vela. And, you know, we kind of started to develop a relationship. We started to get to know each other. And uh, before we knew it, you know, Ram was the type of dude that before every practice, he'd be like, hey, man. He wouldn't even say anything. I, he would he, Sometimes he'd give me a warning, and sometimes he wouldn't. And he would just, you know, pat me <laughs> on the stomach. Like, hey, man, let's let's get ready for practice. Like, I, like I'm like some little kid. But except, you know, instead of the head, it was my stomach because, you know, I weighed 200, you know, 70 pounds and had a gut. So thanks, Ram, for bringing up my, my gut, you know, hanging out story. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm going to release his 
his conversation tomorrow is is pretty I can't good. wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Um Mike Blade. So Milky's sponsor. Oh man. Oh yeah. He's got one about you and the trash can fire. Oh remember that? <laughs> I sure do, man. Uh man, I I don't remember what year that was. Um he said you nonchalantly kind of like walked outside to put something in the trash and you walked back in kind of like no, dude, yeah, so and I collected think... and said, hey, trash is on fire. Yeah, no, I, I want to say we were at a lacrosse game. I want to say it was winter because I remember it being cold. We were coming back and I remember turning the corner and, you know, walking them to their house. I was like, man, some smoke coming out the side of the house. I thought they were like, you know, having a little like side fire or something like Wood was burning, maybe some embers or something that was still going that he, you know, weren't quite out, but were going out. And uh, I walk in the house and I was like, hey, Mike, there's like some smoke or a little fire come from the side of the house over here. And he's just like, like, oh, shit. And he runs out there and actually it was like something that he had put that wasn't out into the trash. And it was starting to like engulf and get worse and worse and worse. And if I hadn't said anything in my very laid back, nonchalant manner. He would have probably lost the house, man, honestly. Like, damn, I didn't think that my <laughs> laid back, like, hey, Mike, I think your house is on fire. Because like, I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's exactly how I said it. Like, yeah. But, yeah, save, save their house, man. I was uh, just like, looking at it. Yeah. To melt. yeah. Crazy. Gotcha. Uh, a couple more. Milky. Um, oh, he yeah. says you love ice cream. Man, man, fuck Austin. (laughs) (laughs) He said, rephrase that. You're an avid lover of ice cream. All right, man. All right, so I know, so Austin is, I love Austin to death, man. So this started, um, I want to say, youngster year, or right after plebe year, uh, we had um, Cruz. And we went down to Norfolk. We were all on Kearsarge. Uh, was that the Kearsarge trip? Oh, uh, no. Uh, if no, it was, no. then that was the yeah, year. That, that, that's yeah, a, that's another separate story that yeah. we need to talk about there, my, my man. Um, uh, we I forgot exactly when it was, but Ian was with <clears> us. <throat> and we ended up staying at Ian's brother's house because uh, he was a submariner in Suffolk or and lived in Suffolk. So... Austin, we're, we're just going about, Austin's like all about ice cream. He's like, hey, we're going to get some ice cream. I'm like, man, I don't eat ice cream. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, everybody eats ice cream. I'm like, Austin, I don't eat ice cream. And I had been telling him this for like, you know, since probably since naps. I'm like, Austin, I don't like ice cream. I just don't eat it. And then it got really serious. And he got, like, he was serious. He's like, no. Like, listen, dude, you're going to eat some ice cream. Like, today. I'm like, Okay. Like, I'll, I'll try some for you, Austin. We it's like your 21st first. birthday and, like, trying to force some one for one <laughs> down, your, down your throat. It, like, damn near, right? And we, we end up going to Coldstone in, in Suffolk, Virginia. And he gets me I, – I, and I remember exactly what it was. It was, it was uh, like, a chocolate chip peanut butter – or chocolate peanut butter cup ice cream and had, like, a little waffle cone. Uh, I, I ended up eating it, uh, but I didn't have it. That was like the last time I pretty much had it. And I, I did you throw up not. after that? Or? No, I didn't throw up. I okay. was just like, you know what? Like, it's it's just something that I didn't I didn't eat growing up, man. Like, I didn't eat ice cream. Like, my parents never had it in the house. Uh, just I'm a texture kind of guy, and I just don't like the texture of it. Gotcha. 
So, uh, but Austin Milky has evidence somewhere in the ether of me having ice cream in the summer of 2007 from Cold Stone. Gotcha. Well, but at least you tried it. I did. You know, a lot um, of people won't try it. So no, I'm I'm just it's not I'm not I'm not lactose intolerant. Um, I'm not like <laughs> Austin twisted my arm enough to to get me to eat it, man. Nice. That's good. That's a win. Yeah. All right, last one. Curtis Bass. Oh, man. Um, uh, crying about your his dad wearing his shoes. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't remember the time frame. I want to say we had already been, we had already graduated. And, uh, I know Curtis, Curtis and his family are really close, you know, you know, rest in peace to his dad. Um, but he was on the phone in the locker room and was like visibly upset for some reason. I'm like, what the hell? like, what's going on with Curtis, man? Like, I know Kurt, Curtis is a passionate guy, like he, about certain things, right? Like he, Curtis is pretty laid back, but he gets passionate about certain things. And one of those things was his shoes. And apparently his dad, when they were in Pearland, had mowed the lawn in some J's that he had left at home. Were they white? They were white. Ooh. And as you know, growing up in Texas, when you mow that grass, and it's a lot of grass, they, they ain't going to be white anymore. Turn They're green. Be straight green. Or brown. And, depending on the season. Or brown, yeah. And Curtis was lip, like so upset to the point that he was crying, like in the locker room, man. Like, Curtis, you okay? He's like, nah, man. My dad wore my shoes and cut the grass, and I'm like, I'm like, Curtis. I I just remember laughing at him, like, this. You can't be serious that you're visit this upset about it, because I had never been that upset about some shoes. Nonetheless, like, I would just have them with me, but it happened, and Curtis was crying about it, and we made fun of him. <laughs> and now, how'd that go for Curtis in the end? Uh, I want to say I gave him a pair of shoes and he like took them and I, I don't, after that, I don't know what happened <laughs> because he needed, he needed some shoes, but yeah, it was uh, pretty funny. So you took um, care of him. Yeah. Yeah. I let him borrow some shoes. <laughs> I was like, Hey man, like if you, you know, if you need some shoes, I got some for you. Like, I don't, I don't need them. Like you're going to be that upset about them. Awesome. Yeah. Lastly, um, you had a pretty pretty awesome honor uh, as a team captain. Um, you know, after the Commander in Chief's Trophy, we're in the White House. You're able to 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 hand off a, a jersey to President Barack Obama. How did that feel? Yeah, um, man, I, I'll tell you honestly, Tony, I was not expecting to to do that. Like, coach didn't brief me on it or. Uh, Bryce or anybody, because um, I, I don't remember it being done in the previous um, trips to the White House. And um, they were like, hey, you know, I think Ross had the helmet. I had the jersey. Um, so I remember like somebody pointed to me like, hey, you know, go up and, you know, say some words. And I was just like, oh, just like, just like shit and bricks, man, like in front of the president of the United States, like, you know, it's being recorded, like it's going to air on whatever news, you know, uh, news media channel, what have you. 
and I, I, you know, I go up and I say, you know, Mr. President, here's the number 44 jersey to represent you as a 44th president and uh, also our victory, victories over Air Force and Army. And I was just like, man, um, what an honor. Like, I'm, I'm here because of everybody that's standing behind me. And if I could trade places with any of them, I, I wouldn't harby, man. It was a eye-opening moment. Um, for me, and I think, you know, I know we'll get to it. I don't mean to steal your thunder. We'll get into the price of admission, but doing that was, you know, I, like, I still get kind of emotional about it now. Cause I'm like, man, I like my brothers on this team afforded me this opportunity to do this. And I wish that every single one of them could be up here, you know, presenting this, that we all earned to provide this to this gentleman here. So an honor that I will never um, truly understand, man. Like around me, I always understand it, but I will just never be able to fathom that that type of um, tradition, tradition, honor um, that that was bestowed upon me, man. It was uh, incredible. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> so I, I, you know, in in true Tony fashion, I uh, in preparing for this, I looked up uh, Ose Asante on Google. And I found that picture and I figured like, I need to ask him about this. Cause you looked really happy in that picture, man. Yeah. Um, truly, you know, unimaginable, uh, honored any, any of those, any of those words you can think of, man. And the crazy thing is like a lot of my, you know, my previous experiences as, you know, as a division officer, as a, as a department head, a lot of people, of course, because we live in the 21st century, people Google whoever the incoming department head is. And uh-huh. They look it up. They like, learn real quick. They learn real quick. It's like, hey, sir, there's a picture of you on the Internet, you know, presenting a jersey. I'm like, nah, that's not me. Um, that's that's my, my twin brother. I'm like, But you played Navy football. I was like, nah, I was just a water boy. Yeah, I'll make something up because, like we talked about, being humble. But I started to realize, like, man, I, you know, I, I need to stop lying to these people first off, sure. but at the same time, like it's it's a true honor to to be in that in that moment, in that you know, in that in that moment of time, and they take honor in it as well. Like yeah. Sailors are, are incredible people. Take it, they, accept it. You know, yeah. maybe if you accept it, you'll you won't lose so much hair. I mean, you've lost a lot of hair, dude. Yeah, man. Look at it. Look at this. I mean, oh, man, it's like free. maybe a half an inch. So yeah, I, I'd say about half an inch. At least in uh, the back, you're you're still good. I mean, my the back yeah. of my dome is. <laughs> it's like people pull or pulling it out. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I've I've come to accept it. Uh, actually, there was a sailor from my first, my second tour. You know, G, he's now GSEC. Um, Thomas Burris. He he like when he was GSC two, he'd be like, "Hey, sir, I saw you on here," and I'm like, "No, nah, it's not me." And. Lo and behold, he comes back to my, my last ship and he's like, Hey, sir, you remember that picture? And I was like, yeah, yeah, Burrish, that was me. You know, now I've, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can accept it now, man. Good. Good. All right. King Osa. Tell us your story. Yeah, man. Um, you know, born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, didn't think I would ever have the opportunity to play division one football, man. Of course I had dreams and aspirations. Um, I was like, man, I want to play in the, I want to play D one school. I want to play in the NFL. Um, 
you know, being in Texas, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Um, started playing football early, age eight, uh, with the, you know, Little League. Um, enjoyed it. Got to middle school, played it there. Got to high school. Went to two high schools, actually. Went to Cypress Falls High School, freshman year. And then my new high school, the new high school in the district was built. And I was redistributed because I lived in those lines. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, so you started in Cypress Hill and then some sort of line was made. What was that? Yeah. Was so redistricting, it was growing. They need to make a new school. Ex- exactly. So there were, I want to say eight, eight or nine high schools. And then mine was either ninth or 10th, one of the two. And where I was located in my, you know, in the Cypress Fairbanks school district, the lines for the new high school went around my neighborhood okay. so you know they need to redistribute I'm like hey this side this school's getting too big we need to pull from well they, not just that school they pull from multiple schools they pull from at least four or five of them and made the new high school so my sophomore year it was only ninth and tenth graders um yeah. and i didn't i only played jv ball uh, sure. for the first for the first two years i was there um my yeah. sophomore my, I, yeah, sorry. It was crazy. I uh, so where I lived, um, Cedar Park and in, in Central Texas was growing like crazy, mm-hmm. and they did the exact same thing. They made this like small high school with ninth and tenth graders. Okay, and we got scheduled with them, and we just destroyed them. Like we just smashed them. They were like a huge school with a whole bunch of young yep. cats. Yep, and we're a, like a a small school with, you know, a bigger bit, you know, like a, a older team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just tore their world apart. That's what I'm talking about. Did that happen <laughs> to you in that scenario? Like when that happened? Um, no, uh, for, well, it did, but years later, years um, later. okay. Yeah. And when I want to say year, like two years later, where we actually got to our varsity season, um, First two years, JV ball. My junior year, we were playing a handful of varsity teams and just got demolished. Like, we're playing Elkins High School, which was a power back then. We played Stratford High School, which was a power back then. Um, The Woodlands, like Katy. Like, oh, man. Those are big big teams in Texas. Huge teams, right? For for a young and new school, those are big names. Yeah, and but but my head – yeah, my head coach was, you know, Gary Thebod, man. Great dude. He knew what he was doing. He was successful at, a, at another high school within the district. And he's like, hey, no, nah, these guys need to – they need to know what it's like to play big boy football. And we found out very quick what it was like. Um, but that prepared us for our senior year, you know, new high school, you know, brand-new kids. Finally, you know, we have seniors, juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. And we go out and win the district championship, man. And, like, we owe everything to that guy. Um, he's retired now. But he got us prepared. We beat Cypress Fairbanks High School, which was – Where you came from. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the – that is the – I came from Cy Falls. We beat Cy Falls that year, too. We actually absolutely destroyed Cy Falls that year. I was so – like, I think we put up a 50-burger on him, man. Like, we killed him. It was great. Um, but the game that mattered the most was against Cy Fair. Um, beat them the last game of the season. One district stadium had like 20,000 people in it. It was awesome. Goodness. 
And then we pissed down our leg in the first round of the playoffs against, you know, I don't even remember this. I think it was Memorial High School. Lost, like, didn't even score a point. And then that was the end of my high school career. But luckily, uh, the same dude, Gary Thibod, um, put a feeler out there for me. And, you know, Navy was the first one to come calling. Uh, Who recruited Danny you? O'Rourke. Danny, Danny O'Rourke, man. Danny O. I remember he came. It was the spring my – Ooh, uh, junior year, junior year, fall, fall camp. Um, I just remember him being a weird dude. I was like, he's a, you know, you know, Danny O is a little scrawny white dude. I'm like, I, I didn't know what, you know, Navy was about. He said, Hey, I'm from Navy, this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, okay. Um, I'm like, you know, Navy's Navy was terrible. And this was, you know, Oh three. So I think they had come off a two and 10 season. I was like, nah, I'll, I'll let that go. But, that dude stayed persistent, man. He kept calling, kept writing letters like, hey, we're interested. Like, what are you thinking? This, that, and the other. I Ram, just kept. Ram had a similar story with Danny O in his persistence. It's, it's... <laughs> I, I just didn't know, man. I, I didn't know anything about Navy. And I remember telling Faith and Ose, you know, my parents, they were like, uh, let some other offers come in. Like, I think, you know, you're getting better. You're getting stronger. You're getting faster. Like, you'll be fine. Let's let's not let's, we don't want you to go into the military because this was you know post nine eleven you know two year two or three years after and, you know the war you know our country's at war they're like you know my parents are very peaceful folks they're like do you nah, remember where where you were when nine eleven happened oh I remember vividly man where was uh, it? I was I was sitting at at Cypress Falls High School uh, I want to say it was third period in my tech ed class tech ed, and I, mine was Spanish class. Spanish. Oh yes. man, dude. I, but I remember my teacher coming in and he was like, like the world trade center just got blown up. I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like, okay. And I think it, I want to say it was like a Tuesday or something. It was a beautiful day. And uh cap like as the day progressed, like nothing was happening. Lunch was very solemn. Uh, one of my teachers had, family friends that were in the world trade center and i think yes. i had her like later in the day she's like in tears um she like rolls in a tv we're like watching it i'm just like yo this is crazy like i think practice was canceled for the rest of the week man but yeah, yeah my parents didn't want me to go uh, originally and i i sided with them i didn't want to go because i was like why do i want to go to military academy yeah um, then what happened um, you know, you know, Navy stayed persistent. Air Force didn't recruit me. Army, Army didn't recruit me. Uh, I think I got like a pamphlet from Air Force and I like ripped it up. Um, and then the other schools that recruited me were, uh, Nickel State, which is in Thibodeau, Louisiana and Mary Harden Baylor. I don't know if you've heard of that. That's I a, definitely do. I got some friends that went there. Yeah. Mary Harden Baylor, which is D3. They were power in D3. Yeah. My mom, um, my mom taught there too for a little bit. Really? Oh man, it's crazy. I know that. Yeah. Um, but they recruited. They were they were pretty heavy. They're like, hey, we don't have scholarships, but we want you to come. And I was just like, ah, I'm good. Um, but Nate, the, the 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 thing that got me was when Coach O, Danny O, came back my senior year. I think we had just won our first game. Um, he came through on a trip. <laughs> And uh, sat me and another buddy of mine that ended up going to Air Force. He sat us down and was like, "Hey, we're gonna give. I'm gonna give you the layout of how the Naval Academy works." And uh, I was like, "Okay, you know, it's paid for. 
you know, I, I, I get to play Division One football. Um, they had come off a, you know, a great season, eight and five season, I think, after, you know, Coach Johnson's first year. And they had, you know, played tough with Texas Tech in that in the Texas Bowl or Houston Bowl, whatever it was called. And uh, he was just like, yeah, you know, you don't have to pay. You get to go to school. You get a great education. You got to serve after for five years. And that was it. And I was like, okay. And I remember going home and telling Faith and, you know, and Ose, and they were like, I think they thought about it for all of about a nanosecond and said, okay, you're going to the Naval Academy. And I was just like, like, whoa, you guys literally just decided like right now that you want me to go to the Naval Academy. I'm like, yep, this is the best thing for you. We know what you need. <laughs> yep, it's free. Go. This is where you're going. This is where you're going. And I'm just like, okay. I don't have to pay anything. Go. And I'm like, okay, got it. Like, I'm going to go. Hey, Amanda. Um, so things continue on. I finally finish up my uh, – my recruitment and you know all my admit ad, admission paperwork and all that and I actually I remember vividly one time my mom Faith had like asked me a question about you know my recruitment and she was and I was just like I was like Ma I don't know and like I kind of like flipped out on her and she got so mad like she started crying she was so mad at me I was like like why are you mad she's like like I want you to take this serious like this is a big deal for you. Um, this is the best opportunity for you to be the best man that you can be. And I was just like, whoa. Like, that's what really opened up my eyes to like why I needed to go. Because Faith, is, I mean, you met Faith. Everybody, all the boys know Faith. Like, she's just happy-go-lucky. Like, not a care-in-the-world woman. Yeah, how's your mom doing? Oh, man, she's, she is still crazy. Still thinking she's 45. You know, she's going on 73 or 74. Good for um, her. Living in Houston, enjoying life, man. She's traveling a lot. She's retired. Um, she's enjoying life, and she loves her granddaughter. She, uh, you know, they talk often, and she's actually going to be coming out to San Diego in uh, in about a month to to visit us. So it's she's doing well, man. Awesome. But um, yeah, like she she made it real for me, and so did my dad, of course. And uh, I never took any official visits to the academy. I went uh, actually back to back. I think I went to I went to Annapolis one weekend in June, uh, 05. And then I went to Newport because they said, hey, you're going to need to go to the prep school. My SAT scores were trash. What was I think it? I had, Remember that? I think I was like a 1,000 or like a 1,200. I, I don't even know. I think it was like a 1,000 and something. Like very, very low. I, remember, I, take, I don't remember a lot of my scores. I remember my SAT score was a 10. Yeah. <laughs> It was bad, man. And they were like, yeah, you're going to need to go to the prep school. I'm like, okay, not a problem. Uh, you know, the family flew up to Providence, took the trip down to uh, to Newport, and met, you know, of course, retired Captain Joe Speed and riggedy-ass uh, Nimitz. Yes. And uh, my mom loved him. Like, you know, of course, Joe Speed, like 6'3", cut out of freaking stone. Like, yep. She's like, this dude is great. Like, this is going to be the best opportunity for you. Yeah. Here's the real deal, though. Real deal. Real deal. And uh, they're like, yep, that just solidified everything. So, you know, got there, got the naps. Um, man, naps was a blur. Like, I think I'm pretty sure every single one of us wanted to leave that place. Like, Indoc was horrible. We lived in, like, terrible conditions. Um, like, football wasn't the first thing that we got to do. And 
when we finally got the football, it was like, okay, I think we can make this because, God, who are our TAD guys? We had we had E-Rob, Tunde, Bobby McLaren, um, LaVon Kelly, yep. and, uh, of course, Kyle Eckel. <laughs> Um, but we, those, those minus Kyle Echo, cause he was, he was kind of weird, but those four guys like <laughs> molded us into like who we were, man. Like, I just remember Bobby Mack, just this machine. I remember like walking into the God, what was the gym that we worked out in? Oh man, I forgot. No, it was, it was shitty regardless. We, I, but I just remember him doing jumping jacks for like 30 minutes straight. Yeah. Like, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I was like, Bobby, how many are you going to do? He's like, oh man, I'm just go till I get tired. Like, who is this guy? You know? <laughs> um, but, man, those dudes laid the foundation, man. Like, even Tunde, as, uh, as you know, odd as he was, Tunde was a good dude. E-Rob made a run. LeVon was another one, man. Um, I think, you know, we definitely owe it to those, you know, to those guys to keeping us together. Um, but the relationships that we formed at, formed at NAFS, man, I remember, you know, Austin, you, Jeff, Jordo, um, Jordan Eddington, uh, Ram, Mike Rayos, like all those guys, man, they were, man, like, and even the guys that didn't end up staying, uh, Josh Smith, Travis Sautel, uh, Ryan, Mike, Rhino, all those guys, man, they, we were just, we were a close knit group and we, you know, we, we stayed together for those who stuck it out. Um, those are great core guys and I'm glad that we, you know, you, me, Austin, Jeff, Jordan Eddington, Jordo, um, Craig. There, you know, the list goes on. Darius, Terry, you know, Blake, all those guys, man. I'm glad that we, we stuck it out because you guys are the reason why I decided to stay. And, you know, go on to the academy. Um, getting there, barely passing, getting out of naps, barely passing plebe year. I think I finished naps with like a 2.1. Um Plebe year, I'm pretty sure I was at like a one six. I'm like, oh man, I'm never gonna make it out of this place. I didn't. I, I had horrible study habits. Didn't think I was gonna make it. I'm like, man, I am. I, I'm barely gonna make. I'm not gonna make it out of this place. But stuck with it. Um, I knew I had to just hunker down and, and made it through. Of course, we played JV ball or plebe year. Um, yeah. Sophomore year, I think uh, started. Traveling after, whew, I want to say Rutgers. I think we had lost to Rutgers, you know, at Rutgers. Yeah. Um, oh, Ray Rice game. That was a, uh, a pivotal game, I think, for a lot of people. There was it was. A, there, was a, there were a lot of injuries. Yep. I remember getting in that game. I remember Ray Rice. Um, I got spun around. And he ran right into my back. I tried to make it like a backwards <laughs> tackle. Um that yeah, that, that probably didn't that didn't, definitely didn't work out. It didn't yeah, work at all. He's a beast. Yeah, um, but yeah, again, like you said, there were some injuries, and um, I don't I don't even remember who got hurt. It was between like well, Clint Sylvia was one of them. I yeah, I know Clint got hurt, but there were some offensive line guys that had gotten hurt that had gotten banged up that game, and next thing I know, I'm called up. Yep. I'm like travel. Like, oh snap! Center, like, guard, or tackle? I was at guard, so I was a third guard that season so i think i back it was like uh who started i would say it was ben gabbard ben, i think ben played right no curse played right 
um, between Curtis and Ben, and then it was Anthony Gaskins, uh, freaking Mike Von Bergen, or Von Borgen, whatever his name is, and then it was me. And I was just like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna play. I'm just, here, I'm just here for. <laughs> and this is gonna lead. This is gonna segue perfectly into uh, back to Austin and his ice cream story. Uh, I'm just here, like looking at the lights and having a good time type deal. Good man. Um, so start traveling, and I think I forgot what game it was, but we had had a horrible game after I started traveling, and. Coach Nehemiah is still the offensive line coach. And Antron, you know, brings us up. Coach Nehemiah's in the middle. He's like, you know, just dogging us, man. This is I think this is back when he still cussed. Good. He's like, yeah. He's like, man. Did you it guys, work? Oh, yeah. It's, you guys are dang suck. You do this. You do this. And, like, I'm the last dude that's standing, like, right next to him. Like, kind of, like, to his left. I remember vividly, like, to his left. And he, like, pans to me. Like, he's just going around the circle. And he's pans to me. He's like, all you want to do is eat dang ice cream. And I'm like. No, I don't eat ice cream, I, actually. Yeah, but, I, but, of course, I can't say anything. Because, like, he's. Because he's going to start laughing. Yeah, and he's the last guy that I ever went across, right? So, the next day in meetings, we're like, he, you know, Coach Neymar's a very forgiving man. And he, you know, he comes up. You know, we're all. uh Hey, hey, Nate. Sorry, my nephew's over here. Oh, good. Um, he, he, you know, we get in the meetings, we're watching film of practice, and he's like, uh, you know, hey, guys, uh, you know, I know I kind of got on you guys pretty hard after practice yesterday. Uh, just want to say I'm sorry. And he like, looks at me and he's like, oh, say, do you, do you even eat ice cream? I'm like, no, coach, I don't eat ice cream. He's like, oh, okay. And then he just starts to film. Like, and that was it. Um, so another ice cream story that I, you know, I, I'd like to take sauce and that I don't eat ice cream, but, um, you know, traveled quite a bit, you know, sophomore year, get to junior year. Uh, I'm the number two guard behind Anthony Gaskins, who's a, a beast, like one of the strongest, fastest dudes I've ever met. Doesn't look it at all, but I'm like, I'm, I'm proud to like back him up. Like, oh man, you know, Anthony Gaskins, like this dude is hard nosed from Jersey, like one of the best guards that's ever played. So I'm backing him up, you know, going all season, get some trash time when we're up big. Uh, I think the first game action I saw was against Towson, that first game when Shun hung like 326 rushing yards yeah. on him. And then the rest of the season, there were no cupcake games. But, uh, man, he goes down against Northern Illinois. Yep. Uh, you, I don't know if you remember how cold it was I that do. game. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, Anthony goes down. It's like the – like. I think it's our last series, man. Like, and I've been sitting on the bench. I'm like, God damn it. I, you know, he goes down and it's 10 degrees out here. I just remember being so like shaken. Like I got to go in better warm up real quick. I, and I did, I, I warmed up real quick, but I just remember, remember being my, my hands being just like frozen because it was so cold. I'm like, fuck. So I just, you know, manned up, went in for like a couple plays and I think a field goal and that was it. And, you know, Anthony had a high angle sprain, you know, two weeks off and it's army. And, you know, Anthony, you know, rehabs for two weeks is good plays. And I think he got hurt like the very first series against an army. And I'm like, here we go. So I go in, I probably play the second best game of my life. Like I remember specifically Danny O being like, Oh, so you played I'm like, yeah, coach. 
like, you didn't know? He's like, no, nah, the offense ran so smoothly that I didn't even know that you were in there. I'm like, well, I'm, I, thank you. I take that as a compliment. It's it's funny how when, you know, the certain people get called to fill the gap or, mm-hmm. hey, it, it's your turn. I need you to step up to the plate and, and do your thing and perform and yada, yada, yada. It's funny how some people do it. And yeah. some people don't. Right? Yeah, it is, right? Because some, some people, I, I guess it just equates to pressure, man. Like, you know, and it's kind of, I use this now, like in the fleet, you know, it's like, act like you've been there before, you know? Like, dude, just go in here, you know what to do. You know your technique, you know what the plays are. Basics. Act like you've played in a big game before. Yeah, uh, and, and that's... That's also a challenge, though. Like, act like you've played in a big game before. If you haven't, act, if you haven't played in a big game before, how are you going to act like you've played in a big game before? Like that, maybe, that's, and, and maybe right. that's where like the mentality and the like, you know, thinking ahead and and like, if I get this chance, this is what I'm going to do. Type of thought yeah. process works. Um, so maybe that's. You know, the key sauce, I don't know. Um, yeah, something like that. And it's and it's tough. I mean, playing and, you know, being in a leadership position are, are completely two different, two different things. But there's also the pressure and the magnitude of, you know, what, you, what you're doing. Um, like you said, like, how do you know to play in a big game? Like, if you've never been in one. But honestly, to me, every game was big. Um, because, you know, I look at guys like you. Like, like you said, you got thrown into the fire against – Rutgers our sophomore year and you're playing against one of the best running backs in the nation. Well, I didn't do very good. Yeah, you know, like, (laughs) no, that's neither here nor there, but at the same time, like, you you went in there, you played, you nutted up, and you, you know, you you did the best you could, but there was a, it was a stepping stone, you know, to what you had to do to be successful. True. You know, and, you know, I, I, I looked to, you know, to you and Ross, like, Man, these guys, Nechak, Curtis, Austin, like, man, these guys are balling. They're playing. I'm just waiting my turn, you know, and when I go in, I'm going to be ready. Well, you found it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, so that ended the junior year, and we ended up losing to Wake Forest in the, was it, the military bowl or whatever was in D.C., and then, you know, of course, now get to senior year, and, and I'm the starter, you know, and first game, first start is against Ohio State in the horseshoe man and i just remember being like awe-inspired like like this is it like this is this is what i came here for team captain yeah yeah like rolling out there with ross like man i I mean i still have pictures of it like great opportunity great time um to to be a part of navy football and i and man we were on the cusp of like shock in the world like I remember you know we were down but we were never out and I think I played probably the best game of my life against Ohio State and I just remember being so dejected like man I just we just poured our heart and soul in this game and we could have shocked the world um we came up short of course because you know some 4-3 linebacker picked off a very predictable play and ran it back to to beat us by four but um 
you know, it still lives vividly in my mind. But we had a great season, man. I, yeah, you know, we got we had, up and we went to the next one. Yeah, we got up. And like, hey, we're not going to dwell on this. We had, you know, a great season, uh, some great wins, some tough losses. Um, but it all culminated, you know, of course, we beat we beat Air Force at home. Uh, just a grinded out game. Um Beat Army, of course, another grinded out game, and then we just absolutely smashed Mizzou in Houston, which was a great send off for first bowl win as a class. Yes, in a long time, man. Yeah, because we have been to so we lost the previous year to Wake Forest, lost the previous year to Utah and San Diego, and lost the Carcare Bowl against Boston College the year before that. And I think I forgot who I think we. I think last time we beat the team was like New Mexico in like 04 or something like that. But yeah, uh, a long time coming, man. And we beat the brakes off of, I want to say it was Blaine Gabbert. And they had some other studs on that team. But I just, you know, remember we're up big. uh, You know, the the younger guys got some time. And I remember being on the sideline. I think the first person I hugged was you. It was either you or Jeff Batamagler. I got a picture Uh, of that. Yeah, there's a picture of you and I hugging it out, man. I was like, man, T. Hayes, man, we did it. We're home in the great state of Texas, and, you know, we're riding off into the sunset now. So it was a great ending to our, our Naval Naval Academy football career. Um, yeah, so now, you know, graduate, went to, you know, went to SWO. Uh, first tour was on a frigate out of San Diego. Um, did that for – Oh yeah, man, it was it was great. Me and Austin uh, bought a con- or town home out here. Uh, lived together for about two and a half years. Um, then our lives started to go separate directions. He had, you know, started dating Amy. I had a girlfriend that was whatever at the time, and I had a dog. So he's just like, hey, man, let's let's uh, let's let's break away from this because you know me and Amy are getting pretty serious, and I don't know what the hell you're doing. But um, I had you know my girlfriend that I didn't end up staying with. Um, was on that tour. Great tour. Did one deployment on there. Uh, went to my next ship in San Diego, which was a cruiser. Um, had a great time for 18 months on that ship. Met some great people, great leadership. Um, did that for 18 months. Went to the Academy, taught Simpson navigation. Uh, you taught some, navigation. I did that. And I did, uh, summer sailing. So OSTS, man. Nice. I, I if you, I don't know if you remember. I don't think you had to do it. We did it with. I did, sa- I, did, I did the sailing thing. Yeah, yeah man. So I, so I did bad. that. It was cool. Summer. It was, it was okay, man. But you know, dealing with you know those shithead midshipmen for weeks at a time, or really months at a time, was was tough. <laughs> um, it's just a different mentality, man. You know that. Yeah. But uh, did that for about two and a half years. Um, had a great time. I was, was teaching navigation. Uh, it was good. Okay. Save me a plate. Sorry, Cassis. I'm telling Cass, save me a plate. There's no food left. Um, so could you could you teach Jordo navigation, you think? I think I could. Yeah, listen to his podcast. He probably doesn't – he probably still doesn't know it, but I, I think I could get him, you know, so did, did you a teach, little bit. Did you teach at least a couple of Jordos in your class when you taught now? I'm trying to remember. Name? Maybe no, you can I don't bridge that gap. Like, really helps. I, I don't. I don't think so, man. Jordo's a Jordo's a unicorn, man, because he was. 
No, I didn't. I didn't have any. Jordan you didn't Stevens have any class. Jordan Stevens in your class. No, they all did yeah. pretty well actually. I had I had one football player, the Brandon Sanders. Uh, he played a back. He was he did pretty well. Um, okay, just, yeah, just checking. Yeah, I gotta ask the, <laughs> I, you know I I gotta ask the teacher. Yeah, so. no, it was good. It was good, man. I I enjoyed that aspect. Uh, so once I was done with there, done there, I went to Newport, did department head school for six months. Um, had um, six months had Kinsley like three days after I graduated our daughter who's now four nice. um, then I went to the USS kid as a chief engineer which was stationed up in Everett Washington uh, had zero intentions of going up there my original ship was stationed in Norfolk but uh, the good old Navy said hey we've got something different for you so they shipped me off to Everett Washington for 18 months um, that was interesting, uh, very trying times because we know we're new parents, um, and we're living in a place where we don't know anybody, but luckily for us, we had some great neighbors. Um, Ryan Bassford actually lived in Seattle at the time. So, you know, I caught up with him randomly class of 12. Um, so we frequented each other very oftenly, um, finished that tour up. Uh, 18 months on there and then I came back down to San Diego uh, chief engineer on the USS Mobile Bay CG 53 which is mm. one of the oldest ships in the fleet nice I'm sure uh, they need you then no oh, man that ship was it was so it was just coming out of a yard period so it got a lot of maintenance work done but was still I mean it was a 35 year old engineering plant man um, yeah but my time on my previous cruiser, when I was a second tour division officer from 13 to 15 on a cruiser, kind of led the way. Um, so I knew what I had to do to be successful as a, you know, as a chief engineer on that ship. Um, I, so I saw that ship from, you know, the end of its maintenance phase until all the way through deployment. Because um, I got there in October of 20 and I just left in July. Um, so did a seven fleet deployment, seven months of pure boredom, um, not any port visits. And I know for you as a prior Marine, well, once a Marine, always a Marine, sorry, as a Marine, you really don't know about port visits unless you're on a Mew, but they were few and far between, man. It was, it was a pretty shitty deployment. Um, but saw some interesting things, saw how the, the Chinese operate and what they're doing. Um, yeah, now I left there, and now I'm at uh, still in San Diego. I'm at Engineering Assessments, which essentially means I go on ships to assess their engineering plants, their watch standards, and their engineering programs. So I have been engineering for the majority of my sea tours as a surface warfare officer, man. All right. Yeah. Oh, say. Yes, sir. What kind of struggle are you working on today? Like, what's your biggest opportunity? What's your biggest, you know, friction point? Um, where are you needing to ignite a fire somewhere? Man, I think uh, that's a great question, Tone. Um, and I, I think my struggle right now, man, is uh, how do I continue to elevate myself as a father and a husband man like honestly because you know i have this purpose as uh, as a department head 
on on two warships where that kind of consumed my life and now that i get a get to step get to take a step back and get that time back with my family it's uh number one it's awesome but number two is how do i like how do i make the most of it and yeah. how can i as a man get better um as a father as a husband and it's something that I continue to battle with every day. And I, and I, and I don't know, like, honestly, I, you know, we started going to church and one of the, the new segment that we're doing right now is it's called you matter. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's deep. Uh, unfortunately, we've had a lot of travel opportunity. Like now we're traveling to Monterey last week. I was in, I was in Denver for the air force game or Colorado Springs for Denver for the air force game. Um, so I missed a couple of segments, but I fully plan on, you know, listening in, but, you know, just trying to find the guidance to find a, a better, a bigger purpose and, and find a way to be better for my wife and my daughter is probably the big thing I struggle with right now. And and I've tried to reach out to certain certain people. Uh, my mom has a good friend back in, in Houston who's a life coach. Uh, I reached out to him a couple of times. He's gave, given me a couple of, of pointers and, you know, just taking the time to, to sit aside, reflect and see what I want to, to do um, to better myself is, is tough because I think self-reflection and identifying your weaknesses and, and bettering those weaknesses is very difficult to do. Um, and I, I, you know, that's what I struggle with right now, Tony, honestly, man. And, uh, and I, I'm still trying to figure it out, man, but I know I found a way um, because as We've seen as as brothers, we've been in the fight. We always find a way to scratch, claw, fight our way to find a way to get it done. And uh, I fully plan on doing that. I'm going to share a book with you. Um, Please do. A guy named Mike Stedman gave me this book idea. Ooh, Mike Stedman. That's, that's a legend right there. Yeah, we'll get him on here too at some point. Um, look up the big leap. The big leap. I'm actually. I'm. I'm gonna put it in my notepad right now. Yeah. Uh, the picture of the book looks like a a goldfish is jumping out of a small bowl into a bigger bowl. Okay. Awesome. I just got I've, done with it. It's pretty good. It's about uh, doing what you're passionate about. You know, staying in that zone that what you want to do. Yeah. Um, versus what you don't want to do. <laughs> no, no I, I feel you, man, and that's. And it's not, and for me, it's not even about what I don't want to do, what I do want to do. Like, yeah, I want to go golf. I'm like, okay, and that's that's kind of a pastime. But like, yeah, you know what I what I want to do to, to you know to be better. And the the end state of it is, if you're doing what you want to do, like professionally, then mm-hmm. you you don't lose time, right? Yeah, you're, you're in the passion. You're doing what you want to do, and like this whole work-life balance doesn't even come up because you're doing what you want to do, right? So yeah, uh, it's kind of neat. You know, obviously it's not perfect, but um, it'll get you thinking. So Okay. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, brother. And, like, that's, and of course, this is what this kind of breeds, you know, having these conversations, having, you know, exposed, not I want to say exposing, but, you know, having the deep conversations and deep thought processes that each of us have and, you know, sharing them is, is key. Gotcha.
Uh, we haven't talked about price of admission yet. No, we haven't, man. You ready? Let's do it. Go. What does it mean? Um, to me, and of course, I've listened to the Cams, Jeffs, Austins, a um, little bit of Jordos, um, and you know, I know they talked about you know return on investment, cost. Ross said cost, but the price of admission to me, man, it's a stepping stone into the opportunities to lead, to be better, and to have the opportunity of a lifetime. That's what that means to me. Like, I know it's not this broken down, like, definition, but it is It is a stepping stone to the opportunity of a lifetime, man. Like, I never thought that I could be the captain of a Division One football team. I never thought that I could lead sailors – on a warship, you know, to the, like, to the enemies, enemies, the PRC's, you know, backyard. Like, I didn't think I'd have the opportunity to take a 35-year-old ship, sail it, you know, 8,000 miles across the water without any major engineering issues, be successful. But the things that I've learned, that I learned from July of 2005 at, in Newport, Rhode Island, at the Naval Academy Prep School, to Plebe Summer, to the summer camps, fall camps, spring ball, the trials and tribulations of, you know, being a captain, um, also leading, you know, young men at the prep school when we coached, when it was me, Austin, Curtis, Jesse, and um, Ram and Austin, like when we were all up there, like having the opportunity to lead, you know, four to five young men and to the introduction to Navy football, man. Price of admission is a stepping stone into the opportunities of a lifetime, man. Like, I would not trade it for anything in the world. It has been a true blessing, a true honor, and it's been extremely humbling to live this life that I've lived because of what I learned at Navy and what I learned from each and every one of you guys, young and old. Like, some of the young guys have taught me some stuff. The guys like Bo Snelson. I talked when I went to that's who I stayed with in Denver, man, before the Air Force game. Like, Bo's taught me some stuff. Like, yo, Bo, you were a plebe when I was a senior, man. Like, but here you are schooling me on some things that I have never you? I'd like to know that. So, um, he had asked me a kind of a deep question because I think he, you know, he was still, he's still been scarred. Like, we've had brothers that have taking their lives recently. And the biggest one for him was uh, Matt Brewer. Uh, Matt Brewer was yep. a class of 13 guy. And uh, I, I think that that definitely got into him rightfully so. But um, one thing that he told me, man, he told me two things. And I'll, I'll, the second one I'll tie into what, why we are the way we are. Um, the first one was, uh, how do you word it? I, you can't be proud if you're not proud of yourself. Um, yep. cause he asked me, say, Hey, are you, are you proud of yourself? I'm like, like, Whoa, like I've never even thought to ask myself, am I proud of myself? I was like, man, like I'm a pretty prideful dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my accomplishments. I'm proud of what I've done, but those are just accomplishments. But am I proud of myself? And I was like, man, like, damn, Bo, you just hit me with some, some realness. And, you know, I, I think about it. I think about it. It's like, I, I am. But I'm, but I'm not. And he's just like, well, why not? Why aren't you? And then he just, then he dug even deeper, and I think that's where I get back to you with that purpose. Like, 
I need to tie those two together to be proud of myself. Like I am, I'm proud of my accomplishments, but those are just accomplishments. Like, am I proud as Jose Asante? I'm like, man. Hell yeah. I, I, I should be, right? I should be. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful daughter. I have a beautiful life. And I need to be proud of that. What? No doubt, dude. I'm very proud of you. Cass just walked in. She's like, you're not proud of us? I'm very proud. Like, oh. proud of tell, myself. tell her she's going to love listening to this after it's over. You said you're going to love it. He's recording this, baby. That's why. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, 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 You got to be proud of yourself. and I, That's something I never thought about, man. And that's one of my regrets. Like going, Looking back on Navy football, I was like, man, did I do enough to, to make an impact? Um, because of – and listen to what Ross said, like, um, about being extremely hard on yourself and like being your own worst critic. Like there were times where I'd make a bad play, man. I'd just feel like complete dog shit, man. Like, man, I just let, I'm, you know, left tag. I'll just let Jeff Batapagula down. I'll just let Curtis down. You know, Andy Lark, if he's playing right guard, you know, Matt Malloy, if he's playing right tackle or Austin, like, man, I just, you know, completely gaffed up. And I would just harp on that, harp on that. It would affect my play. And then, I'd have a good play and I'd just snap out of it. Like, okay, like you can do this. You can do this. So I didn't have the best confidence playing, man. Like, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Cause you played good. But yeah. You, but you kept that like self improvement thing going. And just, yeah. You know, there's it, always, it'll get you. It'll get you. Yeah. But the, the, the key is take a couple, a couple steps back. And say, how's this thing going? It's not yeah. that bad. Like, yeah. it's actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Right? And that's, and that's something I've learned, like, now is, like, of course, I equate everything to my job. And, you know, my last bill and as chief engineer is, like, man, I, I stepped back. And like, man, that was a successful tour. Like, yeah. I did it. I I made an impact on sailors' lives. I made an impact yeah, on some of my Yeah, you probably had a pretty good team. I did. You know, but that was the biggest thing, man. Like, I had to have a good team. And that's, again, goes back to I know what a good team looks like. Like, granted, yeah, football, I got it. Like, everybody has their required assignments. But it's no different, right? Like, hey, you have to stand sounding in security. Like, you need to do the best job that you can as a sounding security. Make sure that the ship's not flooding. There's no fires. And you report back to you know, the central control station and report that there is no flooding or fires on the ship. Like I instilled that in, like you need to take pride in that. Like every round that you make, you need to be prideful in what you do. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, that's how we learn, man. Like granted we, we did, you know, learn the hard way. Like we probably were called some things that we didn't want to be called, but God damn it. At the end of the day, man, we made you, sure that we, did you we, ever have, you ever get called something you didn't want to be called? No, uh, other than no. Coach Spencer calling me Asa, um, I think <laughs> I think that's it. And do you have a good uh, Coach Spence story? Other than that one, um, man, I'm trying to think, man. Not not really, Coach. Uh, I'm trying to think of some good team out ones other than the ice cream story. Uh, no, I got I got to go in, man. Uh, plebe year, actually. Coach Nehemiah. <laughs> man, I was just happy to be there, right? And it was mm-hmm. it was camp. Um, 
and we were on the uh, the first grass field. Um, and I was all the way at the end of that field, and we were doing field goal. And they had called second team for field goal, and I was on it. I was the right tackle. And uh, I don't know, I, I you know, he's like, you over here looking at go play badminton or something like that. I was like <laughs> looking over in the courts watching something or whatever. And like a whistle or something snapped me out of it. And like second team. And I was like, oh shit. And I like haul ass. And but who is between like me and the the line is Coach Nehemiah. And I'm like, oh shit. I am literally about to get my face ripped off. And I like sprint, dude. Like I am hauling. But I have okay. to haul it right past Coach Nehemiah. Yeah. And all I remember is like him being at midfield or a little bit further in. Did you hit I him? Just, no, I oh. just see his eyes. Like I avoided him at all costs. I didn't like. Mm. I just remember him looking I, dead. Yeah, it'd been fun. it would have been fun if you ran into him. I, it would that been, one right? day <laughs> on accident. Sorry, coach. Yeah, as I, uh, but I didn't think of that. I should have thought of like, damn, I just run into him. Oh, Maybe I think about that stuff all the time. <laughs> But I like sprint past him, and you know how Coach Nemo had those eyes, man. Like I just remember his eyes looking at me, like, and I and you can I could hear a pin drop. I'm like running so fast, and you can hear the wind, but like I can just hear a pin drop as I pass him. He's like, "Don't get your dang ass out there!" I'm like, oh. and like kind of dipped around him, and then continued in onto the line. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Luckily, I never heard about that story again. But like he. He put the fear of God in me on that one, man. Like, like as yeah. a plea, yeah. never did that again. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so back to Bowen. Like, what you know, the proud, being proud uh, of myself, and I, I've taken definitely a lot of time to reflect on that, and and I, I'm getting there, Tony. Um, again, I'm proud. I'm proud of my wife. I'm proud of my family. I'm proud of what we have we've accomplished because you know we've been through some rough times. Like, I have not been you know, the best husband, just because I've dedicated everything. I poured my heart and soul into being a department head, being a chief engineer for the past, you know, I was, uh, 18 and 21 months. So, you know, like 40 months, um, of being department head, man. And I kind of unfortunately neglected my family. Um, you know, my daughter, you know, Hey, when's daddy coming home? This, that, and the other. And, you know, cast four years old, four years old, man. And And her name is, what again? Kinsley. Kinsley. K E N S L E Y, man. She what is, is she a, into? Everything, man. Um, she is, other than playing with her cousins right now, she's into ballet. She's into nice. swimming. Uh, we've got her in pre preschool, I guess. Uh, she's in soccer. Uh, we're thinking about getting her into softball. Um, but, man, she just goes. Um, Maybe some basketball? Love- like hopefully, mom? hopefully, man, I'm trying, we're going to get her into that at some point. Um, Cass can teach her a jump shot. Um, I'm sure she will um, because Cass loves the game of basketball, but man, yeah, she, she is awesome. And uh, trying to lead her because she looks closely at everything that we do. Yes. Uh, trying to show her the right way, man. Um, but she, she's awesome. She is awesome, man. Um. Yeah, um, like I said, I poured everything into that, and now I'm getting to take that step back and and mm. see everything for what it is. And we're moving along, man. We we just bought a house in San Diego. 
Um, very happy that we did that. Very proud that we I'm did jealous. that. Uh, I dude, miss, it, but I, it, miss, I miss Southern California, man. Dude, it is expensive as all get out, man. You don't miss these prices. I'll tell you that right now. Well, you know, the good thing about Southern California is like, obviously, like the weather. Uh, for mm -hmm. me, it was like a huge help thing because I could always go outside and have some fun doing something. Exactly. No matter what, like in, in Kentucky, when it gets cold, I'm not going outside. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to the gym. Like, I can't have fun outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that Southern California weather is just totally, you know, it's kind of almost worth the price, I think. You can't beat it, man. It, it is. And we plan on being out here for the next couple of years, especially since we bought this house. Um, get some stability going since we, you know, we moved, you know, locations, you know, we went from Newport to Everett down to San Diego, and now we're getting a sense of uh, stability. So trying to keep it going. Um, and next for me, uh, I get my first look at, you know, Commander uh, this December. Nice. So we'll see. I don't think I'm – I mean, I might get it. Uh, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. But if I don't, I'm, I'm still going to be happy. Uh, that was my next question. That was my last question. What is next for, for Prince Osa? Yeah, man. Um, so I'm up for 05 this December, uh, first look, because since they adjusted the time periods um, – you know, not putting all my eggs in one basket. If I get it, great. If I don't, great. Um, I'll see. I'll be at this command for three years. Uh, if I get picked up next year, that'd be even better. Uh, hopefully, once I get picked up, I can you know get a crew or a destroyer out in uh, out in San Diego. Do XOCO fleet up on uh, on a warship. Be the executive officer and the commanding officer. Have my own ship. Um, that'll put me at about. 18 and a half, 19 years. So I'll probably have to mm. do one more like seat or uh, shore duty. And then I plan on retiring, man. Um, nice. 05 is, is it. I'm, I'm done after that. Well, uh, when you retire, give me a call so I can, you know, come hang out with you. Dude, I, I'm down, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm at 13 years and I'm, I'm looking forward to retirement, man. I see... See you. I see Ross. Uh, you know, Ross is traveling the world. I see Ram, Curtis. Like, man, these guys are living it, man. They're they're enjoying life. But you know, Jeff put it best. Like, the the grass isn't always greener, and I know there's going to be some 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 brown spots on the other side. Um, but I'm I'm anxious and excited to to see what that grass looks like, man. Because all I know is this side, and yeah, you know, that, that taking my out that twenty year retirement mark. Um, that's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm trying. The, the, the grass is greener on the other side. You know, for me, looking back on, on the whole 20 year retirement, like you can't find that anywhere. Nah, you can't, man. But I'm telling you, man, this, this last chief engineer tour for me, it, it, took it, it, it damn near, it did took, it took a lot out of me, man. I was, I was dragging, dragging ass. The last couple months, man, the deployment was hard. The workups to deployment were very difficult. Um, and then, of course, the home life was was tough because, you know, I go home, I'm tired. And, uh, my daughter's, you know, anxious, anxiously waiting for me to do something with her. And then Cass is like, you got to do something. I'm like, man, I'm just so beat. But yep. we fight on, man. No doubt. Eat good. Rest well as, as you can. Make time for the family. Let the work come next. Exactly, man. And I'm, and I'm learning that, man. I'm learning that now because, you know, from 2018 to 2022, my life was not that. And 
now I'm I'm working towards that. It's only been you know three months, but I'm I'm getting there, man. And uh, this has been therapeutic talking to you, seeing you, um, listening to the brothers and what they've got going on, man. I am uh, I'm extremely excited to to hear some more stories. I'm glad I got to share this opportunity for you. Sorry it took me almost an hour to to get get a hold of you, but we got it done, brother. <laughs> we did. We made it happen. Yes, sir. It was a good conversation, Os. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm sure this one's going to be great, as as all the all the other ones have been so far. Uh, your story is very unique, especially the, uh, you know, Prince of Cyprus. <laughs> that was a that was a well timed gang right there, man. I swear. <laughs> yeah, that one came from my. Oh, that came from Matt actually. So, Neshek. Yeah, I don't know what it says yet, but we'll get that there. damn Neanderthal. I love that dude to death, man. I love everybody, man. If you know, if there's one thing I can say, brothers, let's let's keep this going. Let's uh, let's reach out to each other. I recently reached out to Curtis. Told him I'm going to be in Philly in January. I most definitely plan on reaching out to him. Um, if I get the chance to find myself in Kentucky, I will definitely hit you up. You got a home, man. Always. Oh, by the way, you remember when I came out to Shawnee, Oklahoma? I do. I, do. I drove. I drove straight from San Diego straight to your house. Yeah. And crashed, and then we went and shot AK-47s the next morning. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good part about Oklahoma. It was on the. It was like on the the straight path between West yep. Coast and East Coast, so it was easy. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky's a little bit different. You got to take an angle. Yeah. So. Um, but maybe we'll do that again one day. The AK still exists. I got it cleaned up. So. Uh, it was a good time. Looking forward to it. All right, bud. Tell, tell the family I said hello. Tell uh, we'll Cassie I th thank you so much for letting us borrow her phone tonight. So. Of course, yeah. I am, I'm the, the unicorn around here and don't have an iPhone, and I will never own an iPhone just because I'm hard-headed like that. <laughs> True. All right, dude. Have a good night. Right. Good talk. You too. And thanks, brother. Later, bud.